This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. I'm Holly and I'm Bridget and this is Girls Next Level. <laughs> Welcome back to Girls Next Level, everybody. Bridget, this episode we're about to get into, I have to say, all these episodes have titles. I don't know if you guys are aware of that because they're not really heavily featured. You kind of have to like look up, look at the DVD or look the episode up to know what it is. But all the episodes have names. Usually I think they're pretty cute and clever. This is my least favorite (laughs) episode name. It's so dumb. It's Mutiny on the Booty. Yep. <laughs> but I think it's it's kind of relevant to what happens in it. No, it totally is because we like rebel a little bit, but it's just it's a stretch. Yeah. I have to say it's yeah. a stretch. So this episode that we're about to get into, Mutiny on the Booty, season two, episode four. This first aired on August 13th, 2006. I'm going to take you guys back in time. And the number one song that week was London Bridge by Fergie. Oh. Do you remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember we were at that award show where we were handing out awards and she did that performance and for Fergalicious and it was that cute candy setup. She had the stage that was all candy. Was it the billboards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was cute. The number one movie was same as the week before, Talladega Nights. So I looked at what the second top movie was, and it was a movie called World Trade Center. And is that too soon? Was it about? Yes. Oh. And this was only in 2006. I feel like that's too soon. Oh, yeah, maybe. I mean. Did we see that movie? It seems vaguely familiar. That's what I was going to say. Like, I almost can see scenes from it. But I. Yeah. I looked it up and Nicolas Cage was in it. He's my neighbor. Is he really? In Vegas. Oh, in Vegas. I know that he's my neighbor. He does not know that I'm his neighbor, which is probably the creepiest thing I've ever said. Tomorrow on TMZ, you're going to be like, Nicolas Cage house up for sale. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm out. But yeah. But odd that a World Trade Center movie was out only five years after. Huh. Yeah. Seems a little too soon. Well, because I think a lot of things are too soon as far as that's concerned still today. Yeah. it To me, it feels recent in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's strange. So this episode is all about our second pictorial. Very exciting. Um, I was so excited to get to do a second pictorial. And right. so soon after the first one. That's what I think shocked me the most is that it was so soon after the first one. Mm-hmm. So was, you know it must have done really well. Yeah, for I mean, sure. I don't know what the numbers were or anything like that mm-hmm. as far as magazine sales or like what they normally do versus what ours did or anything like that. But it must have done well for them to like put us on the second one right away. Yeah, well, I think it probably popped off. I mean, Playboy didn't always get a celebrity on its cover every month. And also it was something that I think appealed to kind of like a younger demographic or a demographic that wouldn't ordinarily go out and buy a Playboy. So I think it probably attracted a lot more people that way. 
And they knew that that they'd have us do all these signings and all these appearances. They knew Mm -hmm. that was easy to get. Yeah, for sure. And this episode, I don't know how relatable this will be to a lot of people, but I felt like the theme, especially like the first part of this episode, is being made to feel like I'm not good enough to occupy a space and that I can only occupy that space if there's like two other people, like if we're all together. No, 100%. I definitely felt like I can't. I can't post for Playboy on my own, but I can do it if we do it as a group. Yeah. And I think it's weird. I feel like we were kind of made to feel like that a little bit because, you know, being that we were known from the show and that's why we were put in the magazine, I feel like it would have been just as easy to do a pictorial where some of the pictures are are individuals, like the ones we shot that were never used and some were all together. Or if he had wanted to make us each Playmates consecutive months, like you could have done that too. And fans would have come out to buy three different issues, not just one. But it was always like, no, you're only going to be all three in each picture. And we pushed to have that changed a little bit. Like at our last pictorial, we got to be in photos by ourselves. But that was only because Girls Next Door paid for that pictorial. Like Hef didn't want to do it. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy. And we did end up, as you'll see by the end of this episode, end up getting one photo that we're in individually in this pictorial. But even when we're doing like our individual setups that are themed us and that we came up with for ourselves, it was insisted that all three of us be in those setups. Right. Which I think was cute. Like I liked it. I like I liked being supportive in your photos. Mm -hmm. I liked being supportive in Kendra's photos. I thought it was really fun to be like supporting characters in those. Me too. Like, I think they turned out really cute. Like, I love our cheerleader look in Kendra's. I thought that was so fun. I love being part of your King Kong shoot. That was such a unique look. It's so jungly. And I thought you and Kendra looked so hot in the top hat and the bow tie and stuff like that. But I feel like that was more like a happy side effect. Like, like nobody knew what the creative was going into that when they made the rule that all three have to be in each other's. Right. I don't know. I just feel like he didn't want to give us that. He didn't want to give us the satisfaction of like, oh, you're hot enough to do your own thing. Right. So it's interesting. And it's an interesting evolution as you see the four pictorials that we do. Or actually, it's three pictorials, but four covers that we do during this time frame. Yeah. Was our third cover covered at all for the show? Was that the stars one? Yeah. Not that I know of. Yeah. But it's my favorite cover. Yeah. It's interesting that was never featured on the show at all. I mean, I could be wrong because I haven't rewatched all the episodes, but I don't think it is because I rewatched up to season four and I haven't seen it. So interesting. A lot of things fell through the cracks in the in-between seasons that we would have loved to cover. So this episode opens up with an ominous phone call from Mary. Well, there's spooky music playing. Yeah. And then there's up close as Mary dials a phone Mm -hmm. number and I answer the phone and she says, your gentleman friend wants you in the bedroom, which I thought was when I'm rewatching this, I was like, ew, don't say it like that. Like, I feel like it has weird connotations like the yeah like they want the viewers to think oh they're being summoned for sex right now and we're finally gonna see the lead up to it that's what i felt like when i was not at the time but re-watching this i was Mm -hmm. like ew mary don't say it like that yeah and it's very much reminiscent of the episode two in season one where we're called up to have's bedroom and we don't know why and that's when we get the news but i was thinking but i I don't remember completely clearly, and maybe you can help me with this. We must have known oh, about no, the we second knew. pictorial because 
we were at the Dodgers game and that's when I came up with the idea for the second cover because I sketched it out on a napkin and gave it to Hef. So we must have known that we were doing a second cover before this announcement. Yeah. No, we knew this whole scene is set up. The entire thing. We talk about it in commentary. This whole thing is set up. But I say, okay, I'm on my way. And then she calls Kendra. You need to get into the master bedroom. And Kendra says, okay, I'm going right now. And then they cut to you in interview. When Hef calls the three of us into the room for an announcement, I always know it's going to be something important. And they show Hef walking down the hall and still with spooky music. And all three of us are in the bedroom sitting on the bed. And they have Kendra saying, this seems kind of odd (laughs) and I look super nervous but I feel like Kendra was talking about something else because I know we knew what this was yeah Hef walks in the door he sits down on the bed he said I heard from the editors the first pictorial you guys did was so popular and the show is such a hit that they want to do another pictorial another spot where he mentions the show I like how he says we heard from the editors like him. I know. Like, I'm sure he did get some yeah. feedback. Like, they're reporting back to him. Oh, here's what did well last year. And here's our ideas of what we think could be good. But he says it as if he's not the final decision maker, kind of. Like, oh, heard from the editors. We got the green light. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me a break. Totally. <laughs> so funny. I notice I'm wearing my pink bridesmaid track suit from Ashley's wedding. Oh, yeah. cute. Is I that, still have it. it. Was it the juicy suit or? Yeah, it's a juicy track suit. It's pale pink. It was yeah. terry cloth. It had my name embroidered, but uh, that was from being a bridesmaid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was like the thing back then to get your bridesmaid's juicy track suits to wear before changing into the bridesmaid's outfit. It's so cute. It's so I had cute. the pale pink too, but mine didn't have my name on it. Oh, no. <laughs> um, we all laugh with excitement and Kendra says, dream come true, which I thought was sort of weird for her to say because... I feel like it's not so much of a dream come true. For, I mean, not that I'm not saying that she wasn't excited yeah. about this. Of course she is. And, and of course she realizes that it's a great opportunity to do it again. And of course she's excited. But I just didn't feel like it was ever very much a dream come true for her. And I feel like she says that in the last time she does it, that it wasn't really like a dream of hers. I think it's just one of those things where you're trying to say something that's good for the scene and fill up space. Yeah, you're probably right. Dream like something true. nice. And, yeah. Just like somebody's got to say something. (laughs) In interview, I say I'm excited and happy, but I haven't even gotten over the first one we just did, which is true. Like I was Mm -hmm. still like so excited and still reeling from that and everything. So to be doing a second one just seemed like unreal. Yeah. Never in my wildest dreams did I think we'd be getting a second one so soon. I did dream of a second Mm -hmm. one, but not so soon. Like, yeah, I always definitely wanted to do like multiple Playboy appearances. Yeah. So, yeah. It just felt so good that it was finally all happening. And should we talk about Olivia a little bit? Because I don't think we've ever talked about her. And you see half looking at our Olivia pictures on the bed. And then we say in commentary, which I'd forgotten this, that Hef's original idea for our pictorial was to base it around our Olivia drawings. Yeah. So who is Olivia? Olivia is a very famous pinup artist who did these really beautiful, really sexy like pinup drawings for Playboy, like there would always be a full page in every issue of her drawing. And then there would be like a funny quote underneath it that would kind of like make it into a cartoon or a joke or something. Hef would write a joke to them. Yeah. So it was it was a very like prestigious thing, like to be an Olivia model, like that would be so cool because it's kind of the same thing as like wanting to be a playmate because, you know, Playboy is going to make you look beautiful. 
But modeling for Olivia, like she's going to make you look like a fucking dream girl. Yes. Oh, my God. I remember wanting to look like an Olivia drawing and wanting to have an Olivia drawing, but never, ever thought I would have that. Yeah. So cool. And I don't think we would have. Like, I don't even think just being a playmate necessarily guaranteed you Olivia drawing. I don't even. And no. definitely being a girlfriend doesn't doesn't guarantee you an Olivia drawing. But something about once we did Girls Next Door, then Olivia wanted to paint us. Yeah. Or draw us, whatever you say. Like, and it was incredible. It just, when Olivia said she wanted to draw us, that just felt like the hand of God coming down from the sky and saying, I choose you. It, really it was always, did. yeah, it was always something I so badly wanted to do, but knew that I could never like hint around or ask for because everybody was hinting around and asking her. And she used very few models. This episode is made possible by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Like when you say being a playmate wasn't a guarantee that you'd get painted by Olivia, I feel like that's even an understatement because she used so few models. Like most of her early drawings were either based on Betty Page or they were based on, I forget the name of the model she used. She had this blonde model she used. And then she started using a few more people, but it was rare, like maybe like a handful of women. I remember the story, this has nothing to do with us, but just an Olivia story, like Dita Von Teese, when she was first starting out, really wanted to be painted by Olivia. And she was going through this phase where she was styling herself completely after Betty Page. And she said she approached Olivia at like a autograph signing or something and said, I would love to be painted by you. And she said, Olivia looked at her and she goes, but I already have painted you because she looked exactly like Betty Page. And Dita said that was the moment she realized, you know what? I really am inspired to like come up with my own look. That's not Betty. So that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But it's just, it's just a testament to like how rare it was to be picked. And eventually she did go on to paint Dita, but it's just a testament to like how rare it was to be painted by Olivia. Yeah. I remember when like I would hear Olivia talk to a playmate about painting her or something like that. I'd be like, oh my God. I know. She's so jealous. Painted. Like Tiffany Fallon got painted. Yeah. yeah I was trying, I was going to ask you, I'm like, who even from our era did she paint? Not very many people. It was like Tiffany Fallon and who else? And how the process worked was her husband, Joel, was a photographer. So you would go to their home in Malibu and they had a studio there and they would take all the photos and then that would inspire her to do something. And however she painted you, like the props, you weren't really posing with props. Like you, she had me bring my props. Really? All yeah, of them? Yeah, she had me bring, um, I, like I wore that big, she did mm-hmm. that one with the big pink headdress. She asked mm-hmm. me to bring that. So I brought that and I brought a gizmo, the gizmo, well, photos of gizmo yeah. and also gizmo stuff and later uh, photos of Wednesday because she did us like multiple times. Yeah. Like I feel like we're so lucky. I know. It's so cool. Because I have the witch one. I have the one with the big headdress. I have the witch one. Mm-hmm. I have the Bride of Frankenstein one. Yeah. 
Yeah, for mine, I remember there was like one where I'm painted with like a bunny tail and pink bunny ears. And I have like these pink skin tight pants on. But in real life, I wasn't wearing the pants. Like that's kind of stuff from her imagination. But I love that one. And then I have one where I'm a sailor. And she's done other stuff for me that's kind of like a different style. Like she did like a Vegas themed one and she'd want a rainbow. Not oh, pin really? up, obviously. It was just like rainbow's face. But <laughs> that was for my wedding. Yeah, it was like a big honor to get painted by Olivia. Yeah, so exciting. But I'd forgotten that I guess that was Hef's original idea was to like put the Olivia paintings in the pictorial and then we would, our nudes would kind of like correspond with that theme. Yeah. And I loved what we ended up doing, but I'm kind of bummed we didn't explore that either because I feel like that was so, yeah, I feel like that would have been interesting. So I don't know why that got scrapped or what, but it's a fun idea. I think it would have been really cool. So they are an interview. You say last year we had an amazing time shooting our pictorial for Playboy and the chance to do a second one. I mean, that's way more than anyone expected. And Kendra said two pictorials in one year. Too good to be true. Too good for words. Wow. I didn't even think about it that way because I think about it as two separate years because one came out November 2005. But the next one was September 2006. So that is one 12-month period. That's crazy. Yeah. And then Hef says he wants to shoot across the street at the Playmate house because it has the original rotating round bed. And is this where they slow it down and they go round rotating bed? No, I don't think so. Don't they do that at some point? Because it's supposed to play off like we're like, uh, dreading it. And you hear Hef go round rotating. Wait, I did not notice that in this episode. I don't know. I didn't put it in my notes, but I have like a memory of it. I don't know (laughs) if it's a Mandela effect or what, but I picture him telling us that normal speed. And then it shows us like looking dreadful and his voice going round rotating. That's so funny. Now I have maybe that was like a promo commercial or something. It could have been that. Maybe. And so what he says that the record kind of scratches and we all look not thrilled. And Kendra says in interview, are you kidding me? (laughs) But we even knew about this before. Like we even knew like Kevin had explained to us the plot line of how like Hef really wants you guys to shoot on the round rotating bed. But we know you guys aren't going to want to do that. So you're going to have to convince him to do something else. Yeah. And then an interview, I say I was a little bummed out when I found out he wanted to shoot on the round bed. And then you say, um, the round bed at the Playmate house is Hef's bed from Chicago. It moves around in a circle. It's a famous bed, but we did it for our last pictorial. So we're thinking, why are we doing this again? Exactly. Like I always wanted variety. Like I wanted each of our pictorials to be so different from the last. Like I wanted to cover all the bases. Yeah. And like we already had that really cute setup of like our pillow fight and stuff like why are we basically reshooting that right makes no sense it doesn't and then I just I say I just know there are other ideas out there that could be more fun and then we're sitting on the bed and we all cheers to the new pictorial with some red wine <gasps> do you remember that story yes okay so this red wine was like a Chateau Lafitte Rothschild from 1960 blah 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 and it was a gift from Whoopi Goldberg and Whoopi Goldberg if you don't know She's like on The View now. She was a comic for years and years and years, hugely successful comic. And a lot of comics from like the 60s and 70s are really grateful to Playboy because the Playboy Clubs, which were franchised across the country, was a regular place for comics.
comics to work because this was before like the comedy club boom of the 1980s. So there's just not a lot of places where comics can go and work regularly and know it's going to be a good crowd or stuff. So I remember like Joan Rivers would always talk about how grateful she was because that was like a great place for her to work and they would book female comics and things like that. So anyway, Whoopi Goldberg, same story. So she sent Hef this bottle of wine and he was like all excited to share this bottle of wine with us. But it had turned to vinegar, which I never knew. I always assumed just like the older, the better. I didn't know it got to a place where it turns to vinegar if you don't drink it fast enough. And is that the same across the board? Like, is there an expiration date for all wine? Or do you just never know if it, if or when it's going to happen? Does it depend on how it's stored? Well, I was just going to say, I think it has to be properly stored to last for a really long time. I'm looking at you because you're like from wine country adjacent. So I'm like, tell me, Bridget, I need all the answers. Well, I really don't know the answer. I think that it mostly depends on how it's stored is how long it lasts. But whether there's just a general expiration date, like after, you know, 30 years, it does. It's no good. No, no matter what. I don't think so, because I think there's really old wines out there. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't I have no idea. But it was foul, you guys. You know what would have been fun? That should, that would have been a funny scene though. I mean, we were all like just spitting it up and barfing and like <laughs> it was not like, literally barfing, but you know what I mean? Like just like that it, was so gross. Yeah, it was a funny experience. Yeah. For sure. And why do I have a memory? And this I could just be just totally wrong, but I had a memory that Elizabeth Taylor also gave Hef an old wine that we tried at one point. I don't remember that. I could be wrong. I just feel like there I had this memory of this and maybe it's this memory and I'm just like mixing it with something else. Yeah, I don't know. And they show you in confessional and there's this funny thing that caught my eye in the background. I don't know why I think it's so funny, but you have this pillow and it says pink. It's not just a color. It's an attitude. And I don't know why I think that's so funny. <laughs> it's very like home goods. It is very home goods. Like who gave that to you? I don't know, but it's definitely a gift. <laughs> that's so funny. And I, I don't know why. It's like a private joke I have with myself that for some reason that pillow's funny. And every time it comes on, I'm like, hee hee hee. <laughs> I have no idea why. Have you noticed still how many times my interview changes? Like my whole backdrop is different yeah, in so many sure. different ways. Like yeah. the each episode is so many different interviews. Mm -hmm. I think they had fun in your room, like playing with all the stuff. Maybe. So then the next scene, it zooms in on my bedroom windows and it's me in an interview. And I say the morning of the shoot on the round bed didn't start out so well. But then they show footage from not the day of doing the round bed. Yeah, didn't they show like the last day we shot? Yeah, and it shows Kendra and I standing in the hall. We're still in curlers and stuff. And Hef says to us, does everybody know you need to be through shooting the, in time for buffet? So he's getting all grumpy with us. Yeah, he's pissed. And I say, well, once we get started, it usually goes pretty fast. And mm -hmm. he says, well, I'm I'm amazed you're not shooting yet. But like... Why is he harping on us about this? Like, it's not our fault we're not shooting yet. Clearly, we are hair partially ready yeah. and makeup ready. And like, it's not like we can go take the pictures. Yeah, I think it's just a lash out at whoever's there type of thing. Because he was a kill the messenger type of person. Like, you couldn't tell that man anything. <laughs> like, it didn't matter if you were the one at fault or not. Yeah. And then we're obviously shooting at the Playmate house that day. I can tell by my hairstyle mm -hmm. that we're going to be shooting over there. 
And we're later in a few minutes, we're doing hair and makeup over there. So why did we have to be done by buffet? Just because he wanted us at buffet or because they needed the parking or like, why was it so important that we're done by buffet dinner? Oh, I think just because he wanted us there for buffet. Because God forbid. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, geez. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. And also, it cuts to me in interviews saying that Hef has no idea how long it takes. Yeah. And I'm kind of, and I'm serious, but I'm also kind of joking in this interview. Like I'm playing into it. I'm like, he just has no idea how long it takes. He has no clue. Cause it is kind of funny. Cause you'd think he would like know all the ins and outs, but right. just cause he hasn't been present on a photo shoot for Playboy since probably like the fifties, he just doesn't know how they do it. But I remember when we screened that in the living room, Keith would always sit in the chair right behind us. And he got super offended that I said that and got all defensive of having was like, oh, oh, I hear him in the back talking. He wouldn't know. He's just he's just the editor. He's just. The, oh, yeah, he would. He wouldn't know. He was like all pissed. I'm like, Keith, calm down. Well, he wouldn't know. And he obviously doesn't know yeah. because he's freaking out. And I'm not like being a dick about it in the interview. Like, I know it's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, you say in interview, Hef is a stickler on how long it takes to get the light set up, get our hair and makeup done. And then Hef, then it cuts back to us in the hall. And Hef asked me, so when does the makeup begin? And I say, right at 9 a.m. And like, I'm just like watching this back going, why is he addressing me like this? Like, if you have a problem with how long it takes, go talk to hair and makeup. Go talk to the people that do the, come sit in on an actual photo shoot the whole day and yeah. see how long it takes to light things, how long it takes to do hair and makeup. Like, see for yourself how long it takes. Yeah, the disconnect is interesting. I remember one of the things right before I left where Hef kind of went off on me and it was one of those things where, that like pushed me to leave because there was just, several like kind of back-to-back moments where he freaked out on me on weird stuff is I had sent a centerfold home. Like we would always have a runner. We would always shoot the centerfold before lunch because things changed once I got there. It wasn't like all day in hair and makeup like it was when we first started shooting. But we would shoot the centerfold before lunch and we would have somebody drive the full printed out centerfold life-sized like to Hef at the mansion so he could like call me and say if it's approved or if he wants anything changed, which is even funny to think about because now you would just send like the computer file. Yeah. But he had to see it all big and like blown up to size and like on paper and stuff. So I guess it wasn't a then versus now thing. It was just he wanted to see what that centerfold would actually look like before he commented on it. And there was one centerfold we were shooting who was like a pretty girl, but she was one of those girls who was like, okay, she's cute in person. But once you get her in front of lighting, that's when she's really, really pops and really gorgeous. And so I sent this centerfold back. And granted, this was somebody who'd already tested. He'd already approved her. But I sent the centerfold back and he got, he called me and he was irate. And he was like, stop retouching the playmates. And I was so taken back. I go, we have not retouched anything on her. I was so weirded out by it. And he eventually like calmed down. And he was like, okay, it's approved. But I was just so taken aback by it because he was so angry and mean about it. And the way he said it, 
he said it as if this was something I had been doing and that he had like caught me doing is like on the sly retouching the playmates. And I was always very proud of how little retouching Playboy did. Like we worked really hard to not do retouching and it was bizarre. And why would you even send him something retouched before he approved it? Like why waste that time on it? I know it was as if he was accusing me of like trying to get a centerfold approved and like fudging it before the fact. Uh, but I would never, what would be the point of doing that like I would just right. what and it was a, like he knew what this woman looked like like he'd approved her photos before so I think it was because he saw her at buffet and like she's not as stunning in person as lighting so he thought I retouched her but like he's forgetting he approved her based on photos it's just it was just weird and it was just like I, I was really shocked by it I was like whoa because it was aggressive <laughs> yeah so the next scene, we're at the bunny house or the playmate house, whatever you want to call it. And we are in hair and makeup prepping for the shoot. And I'm venting about my conversation with Hef. And I say he has no idea how long hair and makeup takes. And then I tell you that he said, well, you guys looked fine last night. What is that even supposed to mean? I don't know. It cracked me up at the time. And I'm like, so does he expect us to like sleep in our hair and makeup and just pop back up? And look perfectly fine? Like it's not going to look like... Whatever happened to baby Jane? Yeah, exactly. <gasps> like, what? what? It, which is crazy. And it's just it's just crazy to think like the expectations beauty standard wise that were placed on us. And then it's like he doesn't really realize what goes into maintaining those beauty standards. Yeah. And I know we've talked about continuity before, so I probably don't have to tell you guys all about this or anything. But you can tell that I'm in like braids and like loose braids and stuff. Yeah. And our hair, our hair and makeup is not the same hair and makeup where they start shooting us on the round bed next. Yeah. Like we have all our hair is down and loose and stuff. And it's totally different scene. So not even the same day. And I want to say when we're shooting on the round bed, you can see Barry, one of the photo assistants, holding up the tri-light. So you can see that piece of equipment, what it is. It's this giant piece of equipment. I know when I've described the tri-light before, people are like, oh, how do I get a tri-light? As if it's this thing you clip to your phone. Yeah. And no, it was this giant thing, but it would make people look so gorgeous. Yeah. The next scene, shooting on the round bed. Everybody's got a problem. Holly's not looking sexy enough. I have an ugly look on my face. Kendra's yawning. Like we knew that we were going to be more enthusiastic about shooting our own things, but we were still excited to shoot that day and we were happy. And this is a good example of how you can take resting bitch face on anyone and make them look miserable. But at this point, they're doing it to all three of us, not just me. Yeah. That's the difference between this and the rest of the thing. But this is a good example because we were like, there were times, of course, and this is where you catch the resting bitch face where we're sitting around bored while they switch the lights or whatever. But even though we had ideas that we would rather do for Playboy, we were still thrilled to be there shooting that day. Oh, absolutely. And I have to say, we look fucking hot in this setup. Yeah. Like, I, I can see why I liked it. Like, granted, I wanted to move past the theme of like the quote unquote Hef's girlfriend theme because we'd already done that. Yeah. But I think we all look really good in this setup. Yeah. And there's a lot of downtime in a photo shoot, even mm -hmm. when you're on the set, like shooting, like they'll start shooting and then they'll realize they have to move the lights or they need to go grab a sandbag or whatever. There's like all kinds of downtime. And so yawning and looking bored and not looking sexy enough and stuff is just is just us sitting there, like you said, yeah. like just the resting part of it. So, yeah. 
don't think we weren't excited to even be shooting this because we were. Yeah. Can I just say I love my shoes in this scene so much? I noticed much. your shoes too. Yeah. Lane, the stylist who worked there at the time, she got me these YSL shoes in three different colors and I still have them. I kept them. And they're just like some of my favorite shoes. There's like a pink pair, like a chartreuse pair and a black pair. And I love them. Yeah. So much. They were cute. Arnie rips open a Polaroid and um, looks at it and says, eh. <laughs> it's just like trying to give the whole impression that this is not going well. Nobody's into it. It's just not working. And he says, yeah, it's not shaping up right at all. And he hands me a Polaroid to look at. Kendra's looking at one. And then Kendra says, I hate this shit. <laughs> and in commentary, we talk about how hard it is to shoot with three people and the challenges of it, which I think is really important to talk about, too, because I don't know how much we've touched on that. I think a little bit. But yeah, in these nudes that we would shoot back in the day, like for a playmate, like you're working. There's a whole team of people working so hard to make sure every inch of her body looks amazing and the pose is perfect. So it's challenging to do with one person. But when you have three, it's even harder. Yeah. Well, and it's limited moving around, too, because you can only do so much when there's two other people in the thing because you don't want to block mm -hmm. anybody or, you know, be blocked by somebody. And so there's only so much moving you can do. Yeah. And then you might find a picture where you think you look amazing, but maybe somebody else has their somebody eyes closed. Blinking. Or, yeah. yeah. Like it's it's hard to find a photo that all three people look good in at the same exact time. And then this is where we talk about that Hef doesn't think people want to see us doing individual pictures. We aren't as sexy as we are when we're all together. But I don't know if that's true. Like I understand why people think it's hotter to look like an all-girl threesome. I get it. But I don't think it's that people weren't interested in seeing us individually. I think he just didn't want to give us that confidence boost. But I think we thought it true at the, at the time. I did. I didn't. I knew he was holding back from us. Really? Oh, a hundred thousand percent. See, I still feel like, percent. well, I'm not good enough on my own, but I was good enough with two other people. I still feel that to this day. What? Yeah. Like in what setting? In like Playboy setting, like it being in a pictorial, like I never would have gotten it on my own probably. Well, I don't think that's true. I think all three of us enough are pretty enough to get it on our own, but I think we got it because of the show, but I don't, but I think all three of us could have held our own individually too. I really do. Yeah. I just I just knew Hef didn't want to give us that because he knew we wanted it so much. Yeah. And he felt like that would be like, I don't know, giving us too much or setting us free or I don't know what he thought or like him losing power in some way. It always had to come back to the three of us being together. So we felt like we weren't good enough without being part of a trio. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Well, I say sometimes you just want your own individual picture. It'd be nice if we just had our own, like, one page. <laughs> and um, continues to show us posing on the round bed. And Arnie says, okay, that's good. You're done. <laughs> and it makes it sound like it's just like a relief. Okay, good. We're yeah. out of here. And then the next scene is outside the mansion. Focuses in on my bedroom window and zooms in. But it zooms into you. Yeah, wrong window. Yeah, in bed with half. Um, and I'm smirking so hard. Like, I can't keep the smile off my face in this scene. Because to me, it's so goofy because it's such a setup scene. Yeah. And it's like, 
we're both acting in it. And we, Hef and I did a similar scene in season one where he's looking over the Polaroids, but that one was more natural. It wasn't so set up. Like he was really reacting to those photos in real time. I want to say this is the first time I did a one-on-one scene with Hef that was completely set up and we were improvising according to what they wanted. And I just couldn't keep from laughing because it felt so odd to me and so awkward. And it was a totally different space for me to see him in. You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah, him like, acting. Yeah, yeah. Because, like we said before, like season one, he didn't want to be in the show as much. But season two, he's more like ready to give time to, you know, the show. Right. And- so that's why I can't keep the smirk off my face. If you guys are wondering, what are you giggling about? But it look, it kind of comes across like I'm sly about this. That's idea how I, I took have. it. Yeah. So I knew it was set up, but I'm watching it back like as a viewer and I'm like, oh, no, it looks like she's being real sly. Like she's going to like get him to change his mind on mm-hmm. this. But she's got to be sneaky about it. Yeah, she's got to do it in a certain way because this is the way we did have to approach him with things. Like if this were a real scene, it probably would have went down pretty similar where you're like making it so that it's almost his idea. Like, yeah, you had to approach stuff softly with him because he didn't want to like give you too much or God forbid you be perceived as like presumptuous enough to have your own wants. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or think you know better than him or something. Like yeah. it just had to be done so delicately. But Hef says, so how did the shooting go today? And you say, it was fun. And he says, um, I like the notion that you were shooting on my, and this is what I had a question about. He said, I like the notion that you were shooting on my rotating, vibrating, round bed from the Chicago mansion. Did it vibrate? Not that I knew of. Me neither. Did he hook up some magic fingers to it or something? I don't know, but I was like, wait, vibrating. So I went back and listened again. He says vibrating. I'm like, it vibrated? (laughs) Do you remember magic fingers? Is it the vibrating bed that you put the coins in? Yeah. Yeah. So well, I, I mean, at- I never did it, but like I've seen it on like yeah. ho- like ho- movies that have like old hotels and stuff. Yeah. So when I was a kid, my family liked to go on road trips and we'd always stay at like the cheapest motels, a lot of times old ones. And me and my sister, when we were super little, thought Magic Fingers was so fun because you put the coin in this box by the bed on the nightstand and it would make the mattress like vibrate. And we thought it was so fun. But now that I'm older, I'm like, that has to be a sex thing. Well, yeah. Like when I was a kid, I thought it was like amusement park ride adjacent. And now I'm looking back. I'm like, that's a sex thing. Thousand percent. (laughs) But I don't really know what what does it give you sexually? I mean, I want to try it. The whole whole bed vibrating, though. Yeah, because when it shakes everything up and there's something inside you that's getting shaken up, too. (laughs) Okay, I've never had I've never been on a vibrating bed, so I'm not. But I would try it. Take me to a cheap motel, baby. Does anybody still have that? Like, does that exist? I don't know. I was talking to Zach about like cheap motel because oftentimes he goes to film at locations that are just out in the middle of nowhere. So there are nice, no nice hotels. So he has to stay in these weird like roadside hotels or something. And he was talking about one particular one that sounded like it might have. And I go, does it have like a magic fingers box? He goes, I think so. And that was in the somewhat recent past. Interesting. I've never been to a hotel room that or motel room that had that. But yeah, it's crazy ones. I have a question about this scene. How is all my makeup washed off, but I still have strip lashes on? Ooh, maybe you knew you had to do a scene, but yeah, maybe I'd done the makeup wipe and they were like, come in here. Let's do this scene. Maybe. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Odd. 
But you tell Hef, well, I feel like they were kind of the same photos as our last pictorial. And he just stares and they play super dopey music in the background. (laughs) And then he turns and says, well, you got some other notions? And then you say, I don't know. I just kind of (gasps) thought it would be kind of fun if we got to direct our own thing. Like do themes that kind of go with our own personalities. And he says, like, what do you have in mind? Because he doesn't know, like, what our yeah. personalities are is what I'm going with. Like, no, I think you're right. Like, I think it, anybody else, they would jump to conclusions immediately. But he's like, what does that even mean? That I think so. Like, <laughs> I, that's what I think. Like, I think when he's like, what your individual personalities are, like, give me an example. Mm-hmm. And so you're and so you do you say, well, you know, Kendra wants to do like a sports thing and Bridget kind of wants to do like a horror thing. And I kind of wanted to do like a Hollywood glamour thing just because it's, you know, kind of different. And the way you're talking is like you're very like timid on this, you know, because I was just thinking like maybe kind of sort of thought. that's how I was. I know. I know. <laughs> but even though you're acting in this scene, I feel like it's very much how it was like talking to him. Yeah, because even though this was a setup scene, I don't think there were any guarantees that he was going to say yes. And I was still tasked with like presenting this as my own idea. Not that it wasn't in part, but I'm still like nervous. Yeah. And then he says, well, I don't know if that would work for the whole theme of this feature. What was the theme supposed to be? Just his girlfriends? Yeah, I think he was just going again for the quote unquote Hef's girlfriend look, which was fun to do the first time with like the satin sheets and like the mansion pool and the grotto. But I don't want to keep hammering home like who? it's just not fun to do the same thing, even right. if it is good. Yeah, he said, but it might add something to it. It's interesting. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. And the next scene is totally not the same night, but I think they want it to be the same night. Yeah, and I can't tell what day it is. Like, I'm trying to guess based on my hair, and I can't tell at all. No, but it's definitely worth shooting because you're just wearing the satin robe. Yeah. So it's one of the shoot days, probably. Mm -hmm. And you knock on my door, and I yell, come in. But I feel like they added that because it just sounds very distant. Mm -hmm. And you poke your head in and say, Hef's going to let us direct our own pictorials. And you hear me screaming in the background. But But that had to be like an added scream because it's almost like a horror scream. Yes. It's so funny. I totally think it's added in. And in an interview, you say... um, you're really excited to shoot our own themes, but I don't think they'll be what Hef likes, and I don't think they'll be the ones he picks for the magazine, but it'll be exciting to see if he accepts it in the end or not. And then Hef's down in the office, and they play the Scooby-Doo music and show us in the photo that yes. we hate, going up this, that photo with the hats and the... Oh, the drowned rat? Yes. Uh, and like, what are we sitting on? Are we floating up on dandelions gone to seed? Is that what it is? I think I it's, we're sitting on dandelions. It's well, odd. that kind of makes sense because it's like a wish coming true kind of thing. Like you make a yeah. wish on that. But I thought it was bubbles. I didn't even oh. pay attention. It looked like bubbles pushing us up. I'll have to go back and look. The next scene, we're at the Playboy Studios. The jungle music is playing in the background. And I love how they give you no explanation. They just go straight to jungle music. Right. It's just like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Like we say horror, but I don't think King Kong necessarily comes to mind when we talked about that. I wanted to do something Halloween or horror. Yeah. It's so funny. And all of a sudden it's jungle. 
Um, so shows the stylist putting on a bunch of sea cell jewelry on me. And in commentary, we talk about how much we loved those outfits. Yeah, well, I tried to take home my beads because I always love to keep like souvenirs of like clothing and things like that. You guys know that. And I took the beads home because I thought, oh, these have got to be cheap beads, but they're unique. And we wore them for the shoot and nobody will care if I take them home. And Lane was panicked the next day because she rented them from like a studio or something. Oh, shit. So I had to bring them back. Womp womp. The it, thief was caught. I know. In interview, I say the theme for my pictorial is King Kong. I don't like the way I look in that scene. Like, I feel like the lighting's really bad. Like, I have bags under my eyes. Well, it's just like in the wardrobe room, right? Yeah. The, yeah, the lighting probably was like bad. overhead fluorescent lighting, yes. which is terrible. You know what I always think of in... um. When I think of King Kong and like the island is the original King Kong. And Rich Carell was the one who pointed this out to me. One of the extras, his wig falls off yes. in the middle of the scene. Yes. It's so funny. It's so funny. And you don't notice it until like somebody points it out and says, yeah. right there. But then you can't unsee it. Yeah. And so I say King Kong lived on Skull Island. So we're all dressed up uh, for the first part of this shoot. And Holly, um, you're looking in the mirror. You say, I like this look on me. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> it was a new look. And I'm la- I'm in the wardrobe room, but I'm laughing and I'm on the phone, which is so weird. Because this mm-hmm. is like the first time I've seen myself on like a cell phone. Yeah, because we didn't use cell phones a lot back no. then. Like I had one, but I don't even remember. I mean, I'd use it to like call and make appointments places. I'm starting like to that. see them pop up right now in the scenes because I watched the next episode already too. And there's a scene where Kendra's on one. Mm-hmm. And I know you had one in like the Lodi episode. You called somebody. Yeah, like a little flip phone. Yeah, but this is like just starting to see them like kind of being used on the show. Yeah, and I feel like texting didn't even become a thing that people... People were doing until like right before we left. Yeah, because texting on those kinds of phones was not easy. It was tedious. Like three different letters was assigned to each number. And there were sidekicks, like even as early as like 2001, but not a lot of people had sidekicks. Yeah. That was like a rare thing. But yeah, we still weren't even texting yet. Yeah. And then you say, we want to star in our own pictorials, but we also get to play supporting roles in each other's pictorials. Which I thought was super fun. I did Like too. as much as I bitch and moan about not getting to do our own thing, I felt like this particular experience where, because there was something nice about we were all taking turns to be the center of attention and taking turns being the backup singers, so to speak. Yeah. And the person who was the center of attention got to like share their theme with us. And there was just something really nice that I liked about it that was so even and fair and not the way things usually were at the mansion in any way, shape or form. Yeah. It was a fun experience. I really loved it too. And I liked coming up, like we really did decide what our looks were going to be and Mm -hmm. our costumes and like everything. Like we fully directed those shoots. Yeah. So it was really, really ours. And I loved it. And Kendra's doing the hula. And Arnie says, that's one hell of a hula. Because she's like (laughs) naked with just like the stuff on. And it shows me walking out to see my set. And I start talking about how amazing it looked because it was cool. Okay, can I just say one of my favorite things about just shooting for Playboy or working at the studio were the sets? I know. Girl, I found all our calendar Polaroids. I know. And so I posted cute. them on Patreon. Some of them I forgot about. The sets. The candy store. The candy store. The the uh graveyard where I do like a ghost yeah. thing. Some of the sets were so incredible. And it was also 
easy breezy. They could do it so fast because being in LA, you have access to all like the prop houses and movie studios and things like that. They'll rent stuff out. And there were two like phenomenal set designers. When we were shooting, it was John Cranham, whose daughter was Sarah Cranham would do the makeup. And he was amazing. And then Liz Stewart, who was a playmate in the 80s, did the sets when I worked there. And they were just both so incredible. And I could be like, Liz, we have this playmate coming from Germany. So I want like a 1400s Bavarian beer hall. And the next day I'd have a 1400s Bavarian beer hall. Amazing. I say the coolest effect of all, which I still love to this day, is the low-lying creeping fog. I love that stuff so much. For some reason, it's so satisfying when you say it in the show, too. Like, I made a note of it. Like, I love it when you say low-lying fog. Because there's (laughs) a difference. Because there's regular fog. I have to explain this because there's this very specific difference. There's the fog machines, and they just will fog up like a whole room. But there's low-lying fog that's heavier, and it's a special machine with, like, water in it that that's what keeps the fog heavier and it keeps it low to There's the ground. There's something so ominous about the low-lying fog. And it's incredible. Yeah. It can look super spooky and scary, but it also can look super dreamy and romantic. Mm-hmm. Like I see it used for weddings sometimes and Dancing with the Stars loses it all the time. Yeah. And like it's just so incredible. I think it's funny when they cut to my interview and I'm describing the set and I describe it as an Indiana Jones adventure. And it is sort of like I see everything through like a Disney lens. And this is like the first hint you get that I'm a Disney adult. Like yeah. two seasons in. <laughs> and Arnie's really into it too. And I want to talk about my hands for a second because yeah. I'm ho- I'm holding on to the straps. So if you know if you know King Kong, Fei Ray is like tied mm-hmm. to these columns. And it was like kind of weird whether I could be tied to it or not yeah. because that inferred bondage. And in certain countries, Playboy can't have any form of bondage. Canada. Canada is one of them. Canada had a couple different rules. Like you can't show anything that's bondage or looks like it could be bondage. And they weren't into like the twin playmate pictorials either because they said that was too incest. So sometimes the issue, like I want to say when the Bentley twins were in Playboy, there might have been a different Canadian issue. I could be wrong on that, but there was some thing about like twin playmates yeah and so I remember like it had to look like you guys were like holding my mm-hmm. arms there or I had to just be holding on to the straps yeah they couldn't be tied so there was like really interesting rules with that being done you know what else I like about this set it kind of reminds me of Alaska too oh I could see that just yeah. like how everything's mossy and green and the fog and stuff yeah and then for my up close, like my single shot, I play Fay Ray in the part. And so I'm just on a, a a black backdrop looking scared. Like this is supposed to be in King Kong's hand, mm-hmm. but obviously we don't have a giant hand. So what they did is they bought this like gorilla hand and then they shot the hand separately, shot me separately, and then superimposed me on the hand for the actual pictorial. Which is cool. That would have been cool if they built a big hand. I know. Well, I think there was talks of it, but it just wasn't. Yeah, because this moved pretty fast. Yeah. Building Um, a hand was 
rougher than building a set, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then I say, I hope Heffel like this because he's really in the King Kong theme and it's one of his favorite movies. So, so we're really trying to build the stakes. Like we're really hoping Heff loves this. This is why he'll like these individual ones. Yeah. And I think we picked things that we thought he would like. I too. think so too. Like yeah. I can't just go with like a slasher film or something. Yeah, like it, <laughs> yeah this has to be something that Heff is going to like and be into. So we need a classic scary movie. Yeah. So King Kong is one of his favorites. And then Arnie yells, that's a wrap. And it shows that the the shoot just goes smoothly. Like there's no glitches, no nothing. Mm -hmm. Just quick, easy. Were there any glitches in real life? No, I don't think so. But I'm making that point because later. Later we run into some issues. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think there's trying to show like some glitches too, because at the beginning they're trying to say we're running late Mm -hmm. and, you know, things like that. Before we move on to Kendra's, I wanted to say to you along the themes of like feeling like we weren't good enough to do things by ourselves. They clipped the scene of me in your room saying it's only good if we're all together when there's that like suspense on are we going to get to do our individuals or not? And they use that clip to like advertise the season or advertise the episode and the voiceover from E was like, yep, that's true or something like that. And I know they don't mean it that way, but I remember being like semi-resentful at the time. Like, of course you have to push that. Right. (laughs) Right. So next we have Kendra's football shoot. Yes. And I love the look on all of this. I loved everything about it. I love the cheerleader look. I love the pigtails. I still love it. Like on Instagram, sometimes you guys will post like screenshots from the show. And if you, when you ever post like the cheerleader ones, I love it. Yeah. I like it too. I still have this costume too. Yeah. And it shows setting up Kendra's football shoot, rolling out the fake grass, the stadium backdrop. It shows Holly getting her hair done. And I walk in with my tiny little cheer costume. I walk by Arnie and he says, well, rah, rah, rah. And I just think, Arnie's little quips, like, oh, that's one hell of a hula and rah, rah, rah. Yeah, they stick in my head. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. And it shows Kendra getting fitted in her costume. And she says, I love it. I fucking love it. And then she talks about how she was born and raised in San Diego. And she is a San Diego Charger fan. So she posed with a Charger uniform. But I want to stop right there for a second. Is it weird that she was given permission or that they shot her in an actual Chargers? Like, I can understand doing the colors and stuff like that but we've talked about especially in slumber parties before Mm -hmm. how the uniform and getting permission and all that kind of stuff but they actually shot her in a charger uniform yeah you do have to get permission for that like because sometimes they would shoot centerfolds like i remember carmela's centerfold where she's like in a dorm room they had a britney spears poster in the background and they had to like photoshop that out And there were other things, too, like for colleges, too. Like, I remember when we were shooting Kelly Carrington, she was from like one of the Florida universities. So we had like all the Gators stuff in the background and we had to get permission to use it. Yeah. Well, I say I think I say something in commentary and Kendra says, oh, I know people or something like that. So maybe she was able to get permission. But this creeped me out. They show her in the mirror and she's going like this with her teeth, like gritting her teeth. And they put this growl in that's so scary. I it's didn't all, notice that. Like a Weird. monster growl. How did I miss that? Because they kind of do that in football sometimes, but it's a oh. creepy ass growl. Weird. Yeah. Oh, no. And she tells Kim, who's doing her hair, she's the hair and makeup person, I want this to be the best football thing ever. I don't want any bitch to top it. (laughs) And then Arnie um, throws Kendra the football and we start the shoot. Can I just say, 
It was so freezing yeah. cold that day. Something about those fans. And I feel like, didn't we shoot this in like January or something? I don't remember what month it was, but I know it was freezing cold. And a lot of times the big roll-up doors are open because they're yeah. bringing stuff in and out. And they were probably painting your stairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like like in the next door room. And so everything was just freezing and open. And we're in yeah. those like barely there costumes with giant fans. These were giant fans, like the side, like taller than me Mm -hmm. blowing on us to like get the skirts to blow up like that. Kendra says, I felt really good. I really felt like I was a football player, but sexy, spicing it up. And Arnie says, I can tell you're really into this, Kendra. And you talk about how much you love being a cheerleader because cheerleading was one of your favorite activities in school. Yeah, I love everything about cheerleading motif. Yeah. And Kendra says she wants to do the Heisman Trophy pose. And I see that they have like a newspaper article of the Heisman Trophy pose. The printout that Arnie's holding? Yeah. That is so funny to me for some reason. I don't know why it's so funny to me that he's holding that. I think just because this day and age, you'd pull it up on your phone. Yeah. I, that, but that was my first thought when I was watching this. It was like, it just seems so funny that he's holding a big paper that has the Heisman Trophy pose picture on it. Yeah. I think they're just trying to get it like just perfect. Just right. Yeah. And then that's a wrap on Kendra's shoot. Quick, easy, no problems. Just goes by yeah. fast. So easy. Oh, and by the way, you guys, these are, these are separate days. Like, we didn't do all of this in one day. It mm-hmm. kind of makes it look like this could have all been the same day, but yeah. it is not. Like we did my shoot one day and that took all day. Mm-hmm. Then the next day we did like Kendra's shoot. I don't even remember if that's the order we did them in. Yeah, I don't remember either. But either way, it was separate day. So then we did Kendra's shoot, go home. So the next scene is some kind of dinner. We don't know if it's manly night. Looks like it could be because of who's there. It's not And where busy. they're sitting because like yeah. he's in my seat, mm-hmm. which is weird. Yeah, and it's not like as busy as like a Friday night buffet, but it looks like I plop in for some reason, which I wouldn't usually be at a manly night. Oh, wait. You say you were eating a slice of cake from manly night. Oh. In commentary. Was it HMH cake? I don't remember what I was eating. Yeah, the HMH cake. And I have something I put in front of Hef. It was Cara Monaco's Operation Playmate photos because since I started doing Operation Playmate, I had special photos printed out. Because they would do a Playmate headshot, but then I asked them to start doing like a bikini shot and things like that. And then they would print them out with like the Operation Playmate border around it. And I don't know why I would be showing those to Hef because I'd been doing them for a while at that point. But for some reason, I had those in front of him. Yeah. So Hef asked how the shoot was and you say it was fun, but it was cold because they had these fans blowing on us. So I caught a chill, but it was really cute. And he said, but was it was inside, right? Like he's so <laughs> confused. And you say, yeah, but the fans were freezing. Like, I feel like nobody's going to understand how cold mm-hmm. that was. Yeah. And Hef says, um, well, what's the point of the fans? Again, doesn't quite get yeah. like, logistics of the shoot. Sorry, Keith. And um, Holly says, well, well, they had to blow up our skirts and it says oh of course they did and it scrolls over to Keith sitting there and he's laughing and you pull up your sweatshirt and show them the big cheerleading costume the big cheerleading costume <laughs> and then somebody I think it was half or Keith goes don't give away the whole plot yeah <laughs> and that's kind of the end of that scene and you know what I have to say about this scene this is kind of like obnoxious but I miss my stomach so bad just because, oh. like, after having kids, it's like your stomach gets kind of weird. Oh. Like, I have to be standing up real straight for it to look good, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. 
But, but you have your kids. I, I I know much better, much better payoff. Yeah. So I think that's like our halfway point. Yeah, I think so too. So so I think that's it till next week. Yeah, till next week. So next week we will be back with more mutiny on the booty. Getting into the drama of yeah, Holly's the dra- troublesome shit. Yeah, the drama of this episode. <laughs> the, it gets really drama after this. It does. The whole thing like takes a shift. Like there's a little tiny drama at the beginning of this one. Uh-huh. And then it's like, oh, fun, fun, go, go. Perfect, 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 perfect. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom. Yeah. Second half is drama city. Yeah. So if you guys would like more content, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash girl next level and we'll see you guys next week bye guys bye let's talk about medi-cal you have a choice and molina makes it easy so let's talk about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health nobody knows medi-cal better than molina visit meetmolinaca.com let's talk today Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.